Um, but today's message isn't exactly just a Mother's Day message. This is a Parents' Day message, partly because it fits so well. You got Mary and Joseph, right? So you have a mother and a father throughout the story, partly because when it becomes Father's Day, we are going to be at the E-Free Church. For, uh, VBS is going to take place, and then Father's Day Sunday is going to be VBS Sunday. So we're not going to have the opportunity for a Father's Day message. So today is going to be kind of a Parents' Day message. Parents who are parents now and kids who parents will be parents one day. Okay, so there's something that ties in to each of us. So when you hear the word Planned Parenthood, Probably not positive things come to your mind. You probably think about the clinic, the abortion clinic that tries to work in a negative way. So I want you to take that picture and set it outside for a while, okay? And I want you to think of Planned Parenthood. Wouldn't that be cool if you as a parent could plan everything about your kids? If you could plan things such as the timing of when your kids were going to come. Uh, how, many, how many parents can say that my kids were born in the middle of the night? My kids were born when it was snowing. My kids were born, uh, born. it's kind of like when calves come. They, what do they do? They wait for the storm, right? Then they all start to be born. Kids seem to do the same kind of thing. So if we could plan that, that would be awesome. Uh, when I went to Bible school, I met this girl who had a honeymoon baby. Yeah. No, thank you. <laughs> you know, not planning that. It's just what happened. So Planned Parenthood, that'd be cool. What about the gender of your kids? Uh, you know, if you want boys or you want girls or if you want a mixture of boys and girls. Uh, we have friends back in Davenport that had five girls. I think they were trying to at least get one boy. I don't, I think they're done. You know, having five girls was probably enough for that family. But if you could plan that, you could say, okay, I'll take girls first because they're the more mothering, the more nurturing, the ones who are going to help with the other little kids. And then I'll have a boy or two so that they can be the muscles. And, and then I could have one little princess left over, right, for the last one to leave the house. Those kinds of things. Or maybe numbers. Like if I could plan, uh, you know, most kids came out one by one. But I was a kid who came out two by two, me and my twin brother. Uh, and then maybe somebody says, here, I'd love to have twins. My mom told me that it's tough having infants that are twins. But once you get old enough, you have a built-in playmate. And so we were always able to take, occupy each other. It made being a mom a lot easier. I have a friend I went to high school with that had triplets. First time mother, triplets was like overwhelming. You know, now they're, they're about 14 years old and, uh, and life is good. But if you could just plan that, wouldn't that be cool as a parent? But in God's word or God's world, it's, it's what we tell Mally. It's what we used to tell our kids. You get what you get and you don't throw a fit. Right? God gives you what he wants you to have, and that's what you take, and that's what you make the most of. And we're going to be looking at today at Mary and Joseph, who became unplanned parents. Right? They weren't even married yet, and they're getting this opportunity to be parents. And so we're going to look at that and say, good job, Mary. Joseph, hey, you need a little bit of work. But before we do, let's pray and ask God's blessing on this, on this, on this message. Dear God, this is your word. This is your time. And God, I just am a guy up here that wants to say what you've laid on my heart to say. And I just pray that it comes out clearly and accurately. God, you know what each of us as parents are facing and, and what we need to hear and what the kids are going to grow up living in life and what they're going to experience as parents and, and what they might need to remember at some point in the future. So God, please just help your truth to stick with each of us however we need it. Please, God, give me your words to say and help me to speak it clearly and accurately. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
So we're going to be in the book of Luke mainly, but we're going to be going to Matthew a little bit because that's the two parts of the Christmas story where you get it all put together. Uh, but to start with, we're going to be looking at Luke chapter one, and we're going to be looking at unexpected parents. And we're going to start with Mary. Luke chapter one, verses 26 to 28. It says, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and says, greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. So that morning, I'm sure Mary's having a very typical day for an unmarried girl that's looking forward to getting married. She's uh, doing whatever they do at that time of life. I'm sure she's, she's dreaming of Joseph, you know, and she's she's marking days off the calendar and she's practicing her meals and she's she's brushing up on whatever it is that girls who are going to be brides want to brush up on so that they can be the perfect bride when they get married. And here she's finding out that she's going to be a mother. Um, that uh, an angel comes to her and she, and in verses 29, or I guess we'll look at here in just a minute, but she, she's going to be a mother. Uh, verse 30 to 31, it says, The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. Now, if I'm Mary, if I'm at home and an angel starts talking to me about this, I'm freaking out. I'm start, I'm want to start asking lots of questions like, okay, so um, uh, does Joseph know this? What does Joseph think about this? How am I going to explain this that I'm going to have a baby? I'm not even married yet. I know the facts of life, and this is not supposed to happen, but she doesn't freak out. All she does is she asks one question in verse 30, 45. She says, how will this be since I am a virgin? Obviously, she has not ever known a man in that way, and so she's not expecting this to take place. Out of the blue, Mary is told she's going to be a mother. It's unplanned. It's unexpected. And she's going to be a first-time mom. Mother Mary... What about Father Joseph? You know, at some point, Mary and Joseph, they get together, and they're probably talking about how life is going to go. And, and Joseph comes over, and, and Mary's like, i got to tell Joseph something. And she, she's trying to hint around, and she doesn't really know how to bring this up. But finally, she, she breaks the ice, and she tells Joseph, I'm going to have a baby, and you're not going to be the father. Okay, that's going to, like break the mood, right? Whatever happy mood there is, is going to be overwhelming to Joseph. And he didn't take it really well. You know, I picture Joseph sitting there and like disbelief, like, what did you just say? And she tells him again, I'm going to be a mother. And, and I'm, I, the Holy Spirit's going to do this. And I'm, and you're going to be the father. And he, he just doesn't know how to take this. He could be, we know because he, he uh, we find out that when in Matthew chapter one, verse 19, that Joseph is not on board with this. It says, because Joseph, her husband, was, a faithful, was faithful to the law, and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. Now, on that day, they weren't actually married, but that bond, that uh, engagement was so strong that it would require a divorce in order to stop it from happening. And Joseph says, uh-uh, wait a second, back this up. I am not the father. I don't want anything to do with this. Very unexpectedly, he's going there for dinner. He says, hey, this is good. Life is wonderful. I get to marry Mary, and then all of a sudden, wait a second, time out, I'm done with this, and he walks away. And it's not until uh, an angel goes and talks to Joseph that he finally decides to do the right thing. Uh, Matthew chapter 1, verses 20 and 24 and 25. 
It says, but after he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is, is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. When Joseph woke up, verse 24, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. Out of the blue, life is completely normal. Every day is exactly the same. Mary and Joseph find out they are going to be unexpected parents. This is unplanned parenthood at its best. That happened way back when, 2,000 years ago. And guess what? That's happened every single day, every single moment ever since then. So that today, when we're in 2021, we have unexpected parents. And we are going to have unexpected parents. Now, hopefully, kids, that's not you. Hopefully you have nothing to do with being unexpected parents or having that thrust upon you. But you're going to know somebody who's had that. Somebody you know is going to be an unexpected parent. Maybe it's something that they were trying to do. Maybe something they were not trying to do. Uh, and I hope it doesn't happen. But it's potential that you're going to come across somebody who is an unexpected parent. Some ways good and some ways bad. I think about uh, one of the negative ways that people become a parent is a rape victim. You know, you have a gal who's, who's walking down the street of no fault of her own. She gets attacked and she, she, she ends up finding out later that she's pregnant or a date rape, right? Something that's totally innocent on her part and she, she gets attacked and finds out uh, however long it takes that, wait a second, I'm going to be a mother. Completely not what she wanted, completely unasked for, but she becomes an unexpected parent. Or even guys, you know, maybe you have a fiance. Maybe you have a wife. Maybe you have a girl that you're looking at, you're dating, and you love her, and you want to marry her, and then she gets attacked. And all of a sudden, you're asked to play the dad of a kid that you didn't want, that you weren't the father of, that you had nothing to do with. Very unexpected. Hopefully that is not you, but chances are you're going to know somebody in that position someday. Think about foster and adoptive parents. Right. You, it's uh, unexpected. Even if you're if even if you signed the class, you signed the form and you filled out all the sheets of paper and you've had the background check. Sometimes it's unexpected. Like we had. Uh, I remember our first kid, Ethan, uh, a couple years ago. We're, we're, we're out mowing uh, Fred Sealer's lawn and we get a phone call. Hey, would you like a kid? And so we're racing home to get things ready. And but it's unexpected. We didn't know it was coming, even having. Mally show up. We didn't know that was going to happen at that time. And parents who adopt kids, Selena, right? Unexpected. We didn't, you didn't know, and you didn't know how beautiful she was going to be and have pink hair and, and how wonderful and those kinds of things. Unexpected. Sorry, Selena. I love you. Um, but it's still a surprise when those things come. What's the kid going to be like? What's their personality going to be like? What are they going to like? What age are they going to be? What number are, are kids are you going to get? Unexpected. Think about parents who have kids who are born with disabilities or abnormalities, right? They're expecting to have a baby, but they're not expecting to be parents of babies who need extra help. They're not expecting to have to do extra work. And that could be something that kids... You might be facing, you might have, you might have the, the man of your dreams, the wife of your dreams, and you get this baby you think is healthy and it comes out and it's like, wait a second, this baby is, I love kids, but they're, they're supposed to live in the house for a while and then they're supposed to grow up and they're supposed to move away, right? That's every parent's dream, right? Kids, I love you. I have you now go away. Um, but sometimes you have kids that can't do that. 
Uh, sometimes babies come that are unplanned, even by people who are responsible. Uh, when I was a kid, we were on a mission trip, and I came across the, there was this family, a missionary couple down there that they had three kids. They were like, boom, boom, boom. And then they had this kid that was like this far away like eight years later, 10 years later, and they had this kid. And it's like, we're just about pushing these kids out of the house. And all of a sudden we're starting over. And they, 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 the mama was not very excited about that, but she did a good job. The kid's probably 30 years old right now when everything's fine, but they, it was unplanned. And sometimes people say it's unplanned. I don't want it. There's numerous ways you can be, uh, uh, become an unexpected parent, even if you already have kids. We have some friends that were on two different forms of birth control, and they did not want any kids. They wanted to adopt kids, they didn't want any kids, and guess what they had? They had a kid, they had a son. Very unexpected, last thing in the world they wanted was their own kid, and God says, guess what? I opened and I closed the wombs, I'm going to prove it to you. Very unexpected. I think about the, one of the ways that people go about being unexpected parents. Those who are not married, they do the married thing, but they're not married. They don't want the kid. They're not hoping to kid, have the kid. They're not expecting it, but it happens. And it's bound to happen over and over again. It happened to Mary and Joseph. It's going to happen probably to somebody in here, one way or another. But Mary and Joseph, they got this monumental task set before them of being unexpected parents. And what did they do with it? Well, we find in uh, Luke chapter 1, verse 38, that Mary says, I'm going to be a faithful parent. I am the Lord's servant, she said. May, it be, may your words to me be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. She says, I'm going to do this. Now, if you know the story, the angel's talking to Mary, and she doesn't say, okay, time out, angel. Let me go talk to Joseph about this. She says, all she does is at the moment the angel's bringing this up, she says, okay, I'll do it. I'll do whatever it is that you're asking me to do. And that, to me, is pretty amazing that she does it. Maybe she just is assuming that Joseph's on board with this, or he will be because he's that kind of guy. Or maybe she just said yes without thinking. But either way, she says, I am going to be a faithful parent. And you can say, well, of course she would be, because she was asked to be the mother of our Savior. Who else gets to do that? Nobody. You get one girl in all the history of all the girls around the whole world, and she's that person, and she says yes. But it, it comes with a cost, because Joseph says, you know what, I don't want, we just looked at that. Joseph says, I want a divorce. I don't want anything to do with this. And imagine Mary's feelings at this at the moment. How is she feeling when Joseph says, I'm sorry, Mary, but I really don't think I can go through with this. I don't believe you, or it doesn't make sense to me. I don't want to go through that. But Mary, you know, we don't find her trying to, hey, angel, come back. You know, God, come back. I want to have another talk about this. And I don't think I want to do this because Joseph's not on board. All we find is that she's faithful. She's going to keep going, moving forward with what God has given her to do to be the mother of Jesus. And I imagine that was a very scary place to, please, place to be. She's in a tight spot because who's going to believe that? Who's going to believe that you had a baby by the Holy Spirit? Uh-huh, sure. That happens all the time. Um, this is going to be difficult. At the moment, all she thinks is it's just me 
God and a baby in some way, some difficult thing I got to try to explain to everybody. She, she doesn't know how she's going to provide for her and her baby. There's no welfare. There's nothing at her disposal to, for people to just shower her with love and baby showers and give her a, a house and a school scholarship. And here we're going to keep you on your feet and get you going. She's left all by herself. And she's got the threat of punishment coming. Because if you were an unwed mother in those days uh, or committed adultery is what they everybody would think, then uh, you could have severe punishments. But she set all that aside and said, okay, God, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to be a faithful parent. <clears throat> but when, when she was faithful, it didn't start at that point. It, she didn't just get the most amazing opportunity in the world and say, hey, I'm going to be faithful now. We find out that Mary was faithful up until that point. <clears throat> She was faithful all the way through. Um, in verse 29 to 30, Luke chapter, 29, chapter 1, verses 29 to 30, it says, Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, you have found favor with God. So she's being told that she's highly favored. She's told that she's found favor with God. You don't get that. You don't get that kind of kudo. You don't get that kind of label put on you if that is not what you really are. Mary was faithful with whatever she was doing up until that point. So kids, just think about this for a second. You guys are going to want to get married at some point in your life, probably. You guys are going to want that dream job at some point in your life. You're going to want that school scholarship. You're going to want to want, want whatever it is coming down the, the line. Don't wait until the moment you say, I want this, God. I'm going to start being faithful. You start being faithful now. So when it time, comes time to get married, it comes time to get that job, it comes time to get whatever it is that you're going to ask God for, he looks and says, look at that. Caleb was faithful all the way through, not just to get what he wanted, but he was faithful. That's what Mary was doing. She was being willing to be faithful through her whole life. And God looked at her and said, Mary is somebody I can work with. Mary is somebody who is faithful in the past. I know I can count on her to be faithful with a very difficult task moving forward. And then, and so she proved that she was faithful in the past, and now she's proving that she's faithful now. Okay, I'm just going to maintain this faithfulness all the way through. But what about Joseph? How faithful was Joseph? Well, you look at first and say, well, Joseph wasn't faithful. Joseph said, I don't want anything to do with this. I'm going to divorce her. I'm going to move on and have nothing to do with this situation. But ultimately, once the angel talks to Joseph, puts him in a head noose and says, Joseph, you're going to do this. Joseph says, OK, I'm going to do this. And he, he was from that point on, he was faithful. From that point on, Mary and Joseph were faithful parents together. When it came time for Jesus to be born, they were faithful in taking him to the temple, making him the good little Jewish boy that he was supposed to be. All the things that he needed to fulfill that he had no control over. They said, we are going to go and do this. When he got older, they took him to the temple. Uh, at, later on in life, when uh, Joseph must have died at this point, when Jesus is on the cross, he's looking like a criminal in front of the whole world. You find that Mary is still there at Jesus's feet, watching all this take place because she was still maintaining her faithfulness. And then even in Acts, the book of the Bible we're going through, when Jesus ascended into heaven after rising again, he's with the disciples for 40 days. He ascended into heaven. And then you find all the disciples in that upper room praying together. Who else is up there? 
There's Mary and, and, and Jesus' brothers that are up there. So Mary was a very faithful person from before Jesus to the moment Jesus was conceived to the point of his death and after. Mary was a faithful person, became a faithful parent from that point on. And you know, there are a lot of faithful parents today. A lot of faithful mothers and fathers today. Mothers and fathers who wanted to be parents, mothers and fathers who didn't want to be. You know, I think about those who were rape victims, those who is most, that would be, I think, the most difficult to accept. If I was all of a sudden, if I was a girl and I was going to have a baby that I didn't want, that I was, that was not specially conceived, it, it was, you know, I've heard stories where that little kid grows up. It's no fault of their own, but they remind mom of their attacker. That kid looks just like dad. How difficult do you think that would be as a mother? I think that would be very, very difficult. And I think about as a father being a dad and saying, that's not my kid. That kid's dad did that to my wife. That would tick me off. I would struggle for that to happen. But faithful parents say, you know what? God is the one who gave life. I'm going to trust him. I'm not going to abort that baby. I'm going to keep that baby because God is the giver of life. I hope that never happens to you girls. I hope that never does. Uh, mothers, I hope that God keeps that far away from you. But chances are either you or somebody that you know is going to go through this. You get out into the, the big cities of life, that is something that's going to take place to somebody. And I just want to encourage you, hang on to that baby because God gave you that, gave that baby life. You think about foster and adoptive parents. You get the kids with issues. They have the, the behavioral issues, the mental issues, physical issues. I think about uh, someone's little sister that was not expected to live past six months that has like every problem in the book um, physically that, that is still alive. It's like almost three years old. That mother is a mother that says, you know what, this is what this baby has. I'm going to do whatever it takes to give this baby a very normal and healthy life. And that baby's going to be stuck with her forever. She's never going to grow up and move away. It's not the kind of situation. But that mom is hitting it out of the park. She says, okay, God, you gave me this child, and I don't care what problem she has. I'm going to be the best mother I can be. Uh, disabled kids, kids with abnormalities. You know, everybody who's having kids expects and wants to have a healthy kid. I already told you, you know, my kids, I love my kids. I, I do everything I can with my kids. But one day, when that time comes, guess what they're going to do? Goodbye. Goodbye, kids. Come back and visit, you know, and bring grandkids and, and things like that. But it's, it's there's some point where you go and fly the coop. Sometimes parents, and sometimes you kids, might become those parents who have a kid that's disabled and say, that's more work than I wanted. I, that kid's never going to leave. That, you know, and it might be difficult. Your spouse might be saying, I don't want that trouble. You know, they have ultrasounds now that help you to determine what your kid's problems are before they're born so that you have the opportunity to abort them. Don't do that. Don't be that kind of parent. Say, this is the kid God gave me. This is the kid I'm going to accept. When that unplanned kid comes, hopefully that doesn't happen. Uh, you know, you're the married person who did everything right. Ten years later, there happens to be another one. Hopefully that doesn't happen. Um, or an unwed parent, you know, a boy and a girl who do the married thing and is very, very common. It seems like, you know, in my class at school in Davenport, it wasn't very big. I mean, it was like 30 kids. And there was at least four mothers in my class. And majority of the kids were boys. And so it doesn't look good. But if, it, if you become that parent, keep the baby. And you know, um, you already know how people are going to respond. This is, what I, this is kind of what I would picture if it happened in our house. 
Um, first is that mom would cry. You know, mom would be sad because this is not how life was supposed to go. I didn't want this. Um, you might get a lecture, things like that. Um, I'm going to be knocking on Scott's door, looking for this, for a shotgun. Okay? Isn't that what you dads would be doing if this is what your daughter went through and say, look, buddy, you're dead meat because you did this to my kid, right? And y'all, you already know that everybody around town, everybody, even in church, everybody went to school with, is going to be gossiping like, look what, who did what? And look, they're having this baby, and you know it's going to get everywhere. And what's going to be easier? Let's go to Planned Parenthood, and let's just get rid of this problem, right? Let's, let's, let's go do whatever it takes. Let's get the morning after pill. Let's do whatever and just get rid of this issue. But God is the one who gives life. You know, in Genesis 2-7, when God created Adam, he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and he never stopped. You know, every baby that's conceived, every baby that's born is one that God created and said, I want this little guy, this little girl to have life, and so I'm going to make it happen. In Psalms 139 that Darren read, it talks about how we're created in our mother's womb. You know, when that little baby is born, he says, I want this one to be a girl, and I want it all boys. You know, take that baby. When, this, when I said I only wanted one kid and God gave me three, uh, when I wanted my baby to be healthy and my baby's not healthy, you know, God's meeting that baby together. God's creating that baby. God's giving that life. So be the faithful parent who says, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to take what God has given me, and I'm going to raise it up. That's what Mary and Joseph did. Unexpected parents have no idea what it's going to cost them. All throughout the life of Jesus, whatever, everybody's going to be gossiping around the whole city, you know. And how are we going to explain this? Because our, our wedding date was actually after the baby was conceive i mean like he was born it wasn't nine months between that time but they said we are going to be faithful parents and there's a lot of faithful parents here today a lot of faithful parents uh your your parents are faithful parents that's part of why you guys are here today some have kids that they didn't plan on having some have they wanted every kid that they got we had two kids we wanted both of them uh and some kids some people adopt kids because they want to make their family more complete you know, faithful mothers and fathers today, uh, some of the things that they do is that they, Psalms 103, verse 13, they have compassion for their kids. You know, they love them. They nurture them. Uh, they help them through the difficult times of life. You know, you come home with, you know, you're getting picked on at school. Mom and dad help them through those things. They're struggling with math, and they say, hey, I'm going to help you with that. When they, when they confess their sins and they feel bad, you have, you have grace and you have patience with them. Kids are going to make mistakes. That's part of life. And a good parent, a faithful parent, is going to love and help their kids through those kinds of, of situations. Another thing that a good parent does is they train a child in the way they should go. You teach them what is right and wrong in life. Uh, you, you prepare them how to, how to deal with the real outside world, you know, because kids don't understand. I know I think about Noah, who's 15, working on 15 and a half, and uh, he's, he's taking driver's ed. And uh, this summer he's going to, da uh, to Davenport, and he's, he wants to drive from Davenport to Idaho, which is two hours away. When he's like, Dad, just, I can just have a car, and I can, just, I can save people time and money, and I can just drive there. I can take my friends to camp. I'm like, wait a second. No, you're not. There's freeways. 
right between Davenport and Idaho. You're going to be tired after camp. You're with kids. You're not going to be paying attention, all sorts of things like that. And so a parent trains their kids how to deal with the real outside world for what they don't know that's coming, that you have already seen and you've already experienced. But you're also training them in the ways of the Lord. You're telling them about Jesus. You're making them go to church. You're helping them learn what God's word says. How do I apply it to my life? A good parent is training them in the ways of the Lord. Because as a kid, you don't understand what you need to know. That's part of the parent's job is to train them. Kids, every kid, I want your eyeballs up here. Every kid, whether you're awake or asleep, I want your eyeballs up here. It says... Uh, he who spares the rod hates his son, but he who loves him is careful to discipline him. So kids, when your mom or your dad decide to discipline you, they give you the spank that you need, or they ground you, or they, they put you in your room or the corner or whatever, remember that you're, it's your parents' job. They love you. They're doing this out of love. If they didn't love you, they'd say, do whatever you want, turn out however you want. But they love you, so they are doing that, and a good parent does that. A good parent leads by example. Last week we talked about hiding God's word in our heart and saying, hey, kids, make sure you do this. Parents, make sure your kids do this. We use the Iwana program to do it. But we also said, hey, parents, make sure that you are leading by example, that you are doing this as well. Model the Christian life that you want your kids to live. And another thing we could do is, as faithful mothers and fathers is to pray for our kids. That's a, a great thing to do. And there's, there's numerous other things that we could add to that list of what good and faithful parents do. But that's what um, some of what you gave to me, and that's some of what I could share. But Mary and Joseph, unexpected parents. There are a lot of unexpected parents, unexpected situations throughout the world today. We have the opportunity to make the best of it, or we have the opportunity to try to get rid of it. And so Mary and Joseph, they were faithful. But why were they faithful? How could they be so faithful? Well, I say it's because they were believing parents. Uh, Luke chapter 1, verse 38 again. Mary says, may your word to me be fulfilled. She doesn't get it. She doesn't know what it means. She doesn't understand. But she's just saying, okay, I'm going to trust you, God. I'm going to believe your word to me is going to be fulfilled. She just believed God. And Joseph, you know, he was an unexpected parent. It was, it was a lot harder on him, it sounds like. Uh, but he, once he became convinced by an angel, he believed it. He says, okay, I believe this enough. I'm going to marry this girl who has a baby that's not mine. And we're going to do our best to raise up uh, the, the son of God. So he's believing that this is what he's supposed to do. And as far as we know, he did his job well. It doesn't say he did or he didn't, but there's other kids and there's, there's nothing negative about him. So I'm just going to assume that as long as he was a living carpenter, he did the best he could as a father. Mothers and fathers, 2021, or we could say mothers and fathers, 2025, 26, 27, 28, 30, because at some point you pick one of those years, some of you are going to be mothers and fathers at that point. Some of you are going to have kids that you didn't plan on having. Some of you are going to have kids that you didn't want. Some of you are going to get everything that you ever wanted in a kid. But you know what? It's still going to be unplanned because there is no such thing as planned parenthood. There's no such thing as having everything lined up that I'm going to have a baby on such and such a date and it's going to be a boy and it's going to turn out to be whatever I wanted it to be. Kids are, are built just as we were to give our parents a run for their money, right? And our kids are going to do that. Give us a run for your money. And so what we need to do is to be faithful parents all the way through that journey. 
You have no control over of what's going to happen. There is no ideal situation. Now, maybe there is one out there. Maybe it says, you know what? I got exactly what I wanted. I got four girls and two boys, and they were born in the middle of summer. There was nothing to worry about as far as weather-wise, and everything was perfect. But my situation was not ideal. Okay, we have two boys, um, and it wasn't ideal because Leslie had to have C-sections in order for them to come out. And the first time was... You can only say it was ideal because it was January 20th. And that's a crummy time to, to be racing up to the hospital in the middle of the night. So thankfully, January 20th, it was planned. I got a good night's sleep. We went on our last date. You know, Miss Phelps had her baby and she knew uh, she was going to be induced. And I said, hey, here's what you need to do. If you know your baby's coming, you just go make one last good night out of it, right? Because you're going to have that kid the rest of your life. And so that's what we did because we knew it was coming that day. But we had to have two C-sections. The first time, everything was perfect. And I have pictures, if anybody wants to see. <laughs> I have lots of pictures. Uh, and everything was wonderful. But the second time, everything was completely opposite. You know, Leslie's blood pressure is so low, she's about to die. Caleb's struggling through it all. He's had, he had all sorts of issues during that time. To the point where I was like, wait a second, I'm done. Okay, two. And we wanted a little girl. We would have, I think we would have had like one or two more kids if it came natural. Just like our friends with the five girls, we would have kept trying until we got a girl. Uh, but it wasn't ideal. It wasn't what we wanted. So we had to go another route. So life is not going to be ideal. Unplanned parent, you know, parenthood is not going to be planned, every aspect of it. So I just want to encourage you, um, parents, your children really are a gift from the Lord. Okay, kids, when you have kids, your, your kids will be a gift to you from the Lord. And remember that you yourself are a gift from the Lord. The thing to do is to do what Mary Joseph did. Say, okay, God, this is what you gave me. This isn't what I dreamed of. This isn't what I expected. Or this is what I expected. And just say, from this point on, I'm going to be a faithful parent. I'm going to train up my child in the ways of the Lord, like Mary and Joseph did. I'm going to help them through all of what life has to bring, like Mary did when he's up on the cross. And, and we're going to be the best parents that we can be. So I just want to close by saying, mothers, happy Mother's Day. Fathers, you get an early happy Father's Day. And I'm just going to ask God to help us as parents to be the best parents that we can be. And pray that God would help our future parents to be uh, the parents that, they, that God has for them to be. To lead our kids into, uh, lead the next generation of kids to be followers of Jesus and to live for Him. So let me, let me just close in prayer for each of us. Father God, I thank you for the parents in this room. God, I know you gave each of us a monumental task. Sometimes the days are good. Sometimes we, we wonder why we even had kids. Sometimes we wish we had more. God, there's just so many different situations that come up about as parents. And nobody gets a, the manual. Nobody gets um, the, the exact answers of how to handle every situation. But I do thank you, God, that today we are there in your house to worship you. And I just pray that, God, you'd help me and my wife, and you'd help each of these parents in here to be the best parents they can be, whether they're grandparents and their kids have already moved away and, and grown up and moved on, or whether they are kids who are going to be parents one day, that, God, you would just instill in us how to be good parents and lead our kids in the right way to love you and to live for you with all their hearts. Help us to be the best parents that we can be, even if it's unexpected. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.